Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Like in the original trailer for the show, I told you that I've been through some stuff, I know some stuff, and I have no problem sharing my stuff. In this episode, I am going to give you the overview journey of how I went from failing to scaling, broke to naming my price and selling businesses, and from chained to my storefront and traveling the world. I have experienced firsthand the extreme struggles and successes of petpreneurship since 2004. Listen to this podcast and you'll hear all about it. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or just dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. Hear honest conversations from pet pros working the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help thousands of pet professionals see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, or dog trainer, or really anyone covered in pet fur, and let's get started. Hi, my name is Candace Daniolo, the CEO and founder of Pet Boss Nation. Pet Boss Nation is a global collaborative community helping pet professionals see success faster than doing it by yourself. And today, my life is very, very different from where it was when I first started. So what I want to talk to you today about in this episode is a little bit about who I am now, the early years, the hard years, and then the, I finally figured it out years because there is no secret sauce. There is really just experience making good decisions and improving the decisions that you made. If you made the wrong decision 
and surrounding yourself with like-minded people who have been there before to help give you advice and support. Now as a business coach and a mentor to thousands of pet professionals, I love to ask the question, if you had a magic wand, what would you change about your business? And also, if you had a magic wand, what would you change about you, how you show up in your business and you as a leader? I'd love for you to take a moment and just think about what you would answer to that for yourself. Had that crystal ball, you had that fortune teller who could tell you exactly what to do. You had a little pixie dust to throw all over and just make all your dreams come true. What would that look like for you? You see, I I learned about halfway through my pet career that I really loved business. I loved learning about business. I loved talking to other people about it. And what ended up happening is that almost all of my friends were also all business owners. And so when I thought about what my career would look like after my pet business, I had to help others with their small businesses. And at the time that I created Pet Boss Nation in 2017, there weren't any communities like ours and there weren't a lot of e-learning or trainings for the independent retailer. And what I found was that as we started teaching and as we started sharing our stories and as we started meeting people, that other pet professionals had gone through a lot of what we had and they hadn't quite figured out yet what to do. So as I spoke at trade shows and I started writing for trade magazines and running our free pet industry Facebook group, I became very aware that I really just needed to share our story and maybe some of the things that we did to overcome it. I even had somebody once tell me that they believed in everything I had to teach because if I could come back from what I had come back from, then they can get out of their situation. They saw hope. They saw that the future could be bright. And I hope that you get that too in the stories I shared today. So my pet industry stories and journey start back in 2004, when at the time I had left corporate America, I wasn't using the degree that my parents had invested so much money towards. And even myself, I had a lot of student loan debt, but I wasn't using that degree because I really didn't want to work in a cubicle. (laughs) And I actually think I just hated working for somebody else. And in 2004, one of my best friends from college, she wanted me to go into business with her at her doggy treat bakery business. So they made doggy pastries through a storefront in Chicago, but they also had built a wholesale business. And what I love about that business is that it really showed me how much I loved the pet industry. I already knew that I loved retail. I really did. And then it was married with my love of pets. That was a dream job. But I did get to a point where I started to feel like I'm working and working to help grow someone else's business. And I, you know, my friend ended up getting another job. And so I was really the only person there full time. And I felt like, you know what, if this is going to be my blood, sweat and tears, I need to be the owner. And honestly, I wouldn't, I didn't really like the name. I didn't like the location and I would have done things differently. So I helped my friend sell that business because she did not want to come back to the business. So we ended up selling it for a big profit which was great. Big at the time for me was I made $10,000. That's right. I got $10,000 from the sale of that business and I used it to invest into what became my pet business, Dogaholics. Now at the time I was only 26 years old and I thought I could go back to school. I could find another job, but I really, really loved the pet industry. I just couldn't imagine doing anything else. So I ended up writing a business plan. And I went to a bank and I applied for a business loan. Now I'm so fortunate that my grandparents co-signed on my business loan, 
because that really gave me the cash influx to build a awesome pet boutique. I've got all the the fixtures that I wanted. We built some self-wash tubs in the back and I was able to end up opening my store on an awesome shopping district in Chicago called Armitage Avenue. It was where all the tourists went and there was just such an energy and vibe that I felt like I had finally made it even though my storefront was um, half underground. Right? We were very hidden on this very busy street because I really couldn't afford the rent to have a full windowed storefront. You see in Chicago, half underground, and this is now a long time ago, but half underground, I was paying almost $5,000 a month for a 900 square foot space in a basement. <laughs> that was insane. And you know what? Across the street from me, other tenants were paying something like $16,000, $18,000 a rent for rent, a month for rent. So I felt like I had made it. I had carved out my little slice of that neighborhood and things were looking up. I'm trying to pack 20 years of my pet industry career into a 30 minute podcast episode. So I have a feeling I'm not going to be able to tell you all the stories, but for sure we will have future episodes. If you have specific stories you want to hear about, just let me know, but I'm sure we'll have more episodes where I dive deeper into some of these areas of my journey. But at the time that business did really well. And I thought, well, gosh, if the bank gave us a loan on guesstimates, right? Fake numbers. And because we gave them some projections that we thought we might do because I had worked at my friend's business, I had figured out how to calculate and what I, again, it was a guess, but I kind of made my best guess for what we might do that year and my first year on Armitage Avenue. And we hit those goals within $5,000. I couldn't believe it. So in my mind, I'm like, well, gosh, if we actually hit the numbers and the bank gave us money, now we have real numbers. Now I can really build this doggy empire of my dreams. You see, because at the time I wanted at least five locations, maybe we'd franchise. I thought I'd have this awesome online store. I thought I would do all these things. In the end, that's not where we're at now. (laughs) But um, at the time I was like, you know what? Yes, let's go open a second store. So only a year later at the age of between 27, 28, I am now opening a second location. That's another pet boutique. We added a grooming salon. I had a big bakery case and then this neighborhood was near Wrigley field. And so it was a little bit more residential, but we still got a lot of tourists in because they would come for the Cubs games. Well, again, everything seemed rosy. And then I realized pretty quickly actually into having a second location that this was not as easy as I thought it was going to be. I could not be in two places at once. And we had grown so fast and expanded too quickly that I didn't have job descriptions. I didn't have systems and processes nailed down. I didn't have an employee handbook. And it really started to creep through in how dysfunctional and chaotic these businesses were. I don't think our customers noticed, but the staff definitely did. And my marriage definitely did start to notice. So actually I wasn't married yet, but I was in a relationship and we were engaged. Now, a year after that, I realized that the big grocery store that's next door to us is now going to get torn down. And in an urban environment, you know, you only have a few businesses on a block. And if this big grocery store that's taking up more than half of the block is going to be torn down, I knew they were going to close the sidewalk and no one would be able to walk in front of our business. All of the wallets, all of the shoppers were going to be on the other side of the street. 
So I knew that was going to be devastation, right? We wouldn't survive that. So I ended up looking for other spaces. And sure enough, in a short period of time, there was a clothing store that went out of business on the opposite side of the street. So I signed a lease really quickly there. And in a very short amount of time, we had it painted. And in like two or three days, we wheeled all of our merchandise down to the other business and building. I literally, I hired movers who would help me move from apartment to apartment in Chicago. I hired those same movers and we just had dollies and displays and we literally like wheeled everything down and wagons and on carts just so that we didn't have to take it off the displays. So we get it into the new space and pretty much instantly revenue bumps. Okay. We're making about $5,000 more that month just because we're on the side where everybody is. And I'll tell you, I learned in that instance too, that being on a corner was one of the best decisions we ever made. So if you're looking at signing a lease, definitely be where the people are. You need to be visible to the public. But things weren't always really that good holistically though as a company. So that one store was hopping. But what was starting to happen now is I wasn't prepared to turn my other location, the one I just moved from. I wasn't able to walk away from that lease. And I knew that there was enough space outside. We could fence it in and we could make a doggy daycare, but I didn't quite know how. And I didn't have the time to get it going. So I started interviewing potential managers who could literally build this doggy daycare for me. (laughs) I was so naive. I didn't know. And I ended up hiring the wrong people and it just, they'd quit or they'd take advantage of just getting this paycheck and like nothing was moving forward. And I was so busy with my other store. But also around this time, the recession was happening and people stopped traveling. And so my other location, my very first one on Armitage Avenue, there were weeks where maybe we only made $300 because nobody was shopping. There were no tourists coming from the hotels and it was a real struggle. So now let's say it's 2009. I am now married. I have three locations. We have about 30 employees and the doggy daycare does get open. It's a very slow opening, but it does get open. And, you know, we start with 12 dogs and then there's maybe 14 dogs and then maybe there's 16 dogs, right? It's very slow, but then it does eventually grow. But, but around this time, the recession's happening. I can't pay the bills. So we need to get more money and there's more loans and there's more debt. And at the height of the recession, my marriage is suffering. These three locations are suffering. I'm $400,000 in bank debt. And I just wonder what the heck am I doing here, right? How did I get to this point? I'll tell you how I got there. I grew too fast. I didn't have any systems and processes and I took on too much debt. I didn't really understand cash flow. There was so much about business that I didn't know. So there should probably be a whole nother podcast about just me hitting my rock bottom. (laughs) But it was pretty much at the point when after moving to a brand new place and wanting to start our family that my now ex-husband, but my husband at the time said he was accepting a job offer to move to Manhattan. And I thought, well, that doesn't make any sense. It's the height of the recession. And I have three businesses in Chicago with $400,000 in bank debt. And you're going to go leave. Like I can't come with you because no one's going to buy my business right now. And then we personally have to pay this money back and I don't know how we're going to pay it back. And so I was thinking that my only option was probably to file for bankruptcy. And that just wasn't going to happen. I just couldn't let myself do that. Mainly, not because it's wrong, not because it's wrong. I'm just saying that mainly it's because I 
believed in myself. I believed that I could do better. I believed that something was better for out there for me. I just didn't know what it was. I, there was so much about business that we did do well, right? I was great at marketing, great at merchandising. Like I really did know what kind of products people wanted. And I we had great customer service, but I was bad at the retail math. I was bad at managing the numbers. I was actually not a very good leader either uh, at the time. So at my rock bottom, husband moves, that ended up, we, we spent two and a half years apart with double the expenses, flying and seeing each other. And it was a nightmare. And eventually, you know, the whole relationship changed and we grew apart and got divorced. But, and I, now I'm with a very awesome man, Joey Palermo. I love him to death. <laughs> he is the rock in my life and the rock in my relationship. And so good things can come to you too. Good things can come to your life. But at the time he left, the other guy left. I felt very alone and isolated and abandoned. And I didn't know what to do with my business. At that same time, when we didn't know, I couldn't know how I was going to pay our bills. I found out an employee was stealing about $40,000 from me. At the time I didn't know it was $40,000, but someone was stealing from me. And it ended up being my manager and who had worked for me for four years. I was devastated. And that is a whole nother podcast episode, but my rock bottom was at that point, And I knew that I had only two options. Basically, it was going to be make better decisions and move forward and change your situation, change your story, or just make the decision to close and walk away. And at that time, somebody who was in my network reached out to me and said, you should go to this retail summit. There's a one day retail conference happening at the Merchandise Mart. And I really think you need to go to it. I bet you'd love it. And the ticket wasn't very expensive. I think it was maybe 35 or $40. So I decided I was going to take a whole day off of work, which was really hard at the time because I had a few locations and I worked full time in them and we were short employees. And But I, I figured out a way to do it. So I went to this retail summit and my mind was blown. I felt so inspired by the other retailers there. I felt inspired by the speakers and I realized there's so much to business that I don't know. I knew about pets. I knew about wellness. I knew about the, I learned a lot about dog behavior because of the doggy daycare. And so now here I'm five years into my business and I'm like, how have I not been doing all these things? How did I not know about um, some of these marketing strategies or pricing strategies? And so I took a deeper look at where I needed to be investing my money. I started investing in personal development, professional development, leadership development, and taking a hard look at our business. I made some difficult decisions to close a location and change our pricing structure at our doggy daycare. And I clearly let go of that employee who was stealing money from me. We had to have a complete overhaul of our company culture. And it took a couple years of really cleaning house. But by year number seven, that year that I asked for a divorce, I was able to pay myself a good salary. I felt comfortable to live on my own without my husband. And I finally felt like I was in control of my team. Living in chaos and doubt and overwhelm is a horrible place to be. And I spent half a decade there. And I don't know about you, you might feel like you've been there for much longer especially in the year of, you know, a couple of years of this pandemic. Now we we're all feeling that even if it, even if we have half our crap together, <laughs> we definitely are still living in some chaos, but it's not a good place to be. And I will tell you that on the other side of this story about once things turned around our business for the first time 
hit seven figures. And then in just another couple of years after that, we hit the multiple seven figure mark collectively as a company. I had managers that were running the day-to-day. I had managers that were buying all our inventory. I had managers who were doing all the interviewing, all the hiring. I just got to do what I loved to do in the business. And that was the marketing and the event planning and the merchandising and just kind of hanging out with customers and hanging out with team. We built systems and processes that truly set us free. I ended up selling my retail store in 2015 to Bentley's Pet Stuff. And it wasn't because things were bad. Actually, at that time, it was the high, our business had been doing better than it ever was. Our annual sales were up, profit was up, our average sale was up. We had a rock solid team. I just saw an opportunity and I thought, selling businesses are probably a lot like selling a house. You want to sell in the height. You want to sell when things are good. And there was an opportunity there. So I approached them and I said, you know, basically, if you're interested, I have this business for you. And they jumped on it. And what that allowed me to do was it got that that cash influx actually got me fully out of the debt, out of the bank debt, put some extra money in the savings account for the business. And I was able to fully focus on our doggy daycare and grooming center alone. At one point, we did offer some dog walking too, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. Um, But he grew enough business to have seven walkers. But I actually ended up closing the whole business via email while I was in Africa, ready to go on a safari that was going to give me no internet connection for 14 days. But I was like, it's so bad. I'm just, I have to basically tell our customers, we're going to fulfill this for three weeks. And here are the other places you can call for dog walking and pet sitting. It was a whole thing. And my employees were so thankful we did it. And actually customers, they didn't have a problem with it either because we gave them plenty of notice and, um, and they had other solutions to, of, of pet sitters. And we just focused instead on what we did really well. And that was doggy daycare. So anyway, I had, I had all these, these managers in place. I had, um, the, everything was going really well. And I knew that it was just the right time to sell was when the opportunity is there. That's when you should take it. So I ended up selling the retail assets of the business, kept the doggy daycare. And since the doggy daycare was also pretty much running on its own, I was able to take the time to travel. And I started working on Pet Boss Nation and our business coaching services. Fast forward now to about 20, end of 2018. And I started thinking about my next plans for Dogaholics, the doggy daycare. And we were approached by a company to purchase the pet business, the doggy daycare business. And I thought, I don't need to sell it. It runs on its own now. You know, we had some hard years there, but it runs on its own. But I was fully into Pet Boss Nation. And I knew that our my future was there. And I knew that we could make a bigger impact if I stepped into that leadership role at Pet Boss Nation. And so I said, okay, sure. Again, opportunity comes knocking. Instead of being resistant, I was like, make me an offer. Here's my numbers, make me an offer. Well, I have to tell you that offer was definitely something that we couldn't pass up. (laughs) So as hard as it was really to walk away, I thought, you know, this isn't about not feeling like I can be here anymore. It's really about what this money will make possible for the future of the next chapter. And so I ended up working through that sale transaction, which is again, it could be a whole podcast on its own, but it took about a year and a half because of some other hoops we had to jump through with our city and zoning and all that stuff. But we've picked a date for our closing, and that was March 5th of 2020. So I closed and sold the doggy daycare on March 5th. 
And pretty much, I think, March 11th or March 12th, the governor shut our state down for COVID safety. And I couldn't believe it. That business now was shut down because they were considered non-essential for two months. And at the time, I was felt like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. I mean, my I just I feel so lucky. And I, I still feel very lucky. But when we think about what we're supposed to do in life and where we're supposed to be, by the time that the recession hit in 2020, we had a few years now under our belt in Pet Boss Nation. And we had hundreds of clients and thousands of people in our free Facebook group community. And they needed our support more than ever in March and April and May of 2020. And we went all in. My husband and I were pretty much full-time on the clock, watching the news, reading the articles, doing Facebook lives, updating our clients, getting everybody to get their financials turned in, getting everyone to get their loan money. And it was nonstop. We would wake up um, to messages uh, from all kinds of people panicking or freaking out or just needing clarification. And we were able to be there for them 100% because we had walked away from our pet business. So I don't know what the future holds for us exactly at Pet Boss Nation. I know I have a big vision that we're going to continue to build on and bring to life. But I want to just share with you that, you know, from growing from nothing to something in both of those businesses, all three of those businesses, actually, it really has shown me that when we don't give up and learn to make better decisions and get support and help from other people around us, that we can really change lives. We can change lives of the our team. We can change lives of the pets. We can change lives of our community. We can change your life, your spouse's lives, your children's lives. You really do leave a legacy in your communities that is much deeper than the four walls of your business. You truly do. And that's why that's one of our mantras here at Pet Boss Nation. So I hope that like no matter where you are in your journey, okay, that if you're thinking about opening a pet business, if you are open and you're just trying to figure it all out, or if you're open and wondering why the heck you made this decision to begin with, (laughs) or if you are loving your pet business and you're ready to scale and you're ready to open more businesses, or if you're maybe at a point where you're thinking about your exit strategy, whatever it is that you want to do, it is possible. So I asked you at the beginning, if you had a magic wand, what would it be that you wanted to change about your business? or about yourself as a leader. I usually get, I want to be out of debt. I want to pay myself. I want to have the dream team. I want to be able to take time off. I want to be consistent with my social media. I want to open another location. I want to retire. I want to be able to sell the business. It doesn't take a magic wand to make those things a reality. You have everything in you and available to you to make it happen. Your biggest hurdle to getting to anything that you put down that your little magic wand and fairy dust was going to give you, your biggest hurdle is going to be you living in indecision. Because when you live in indecision, that's actually a decision that you're making. You're making a decision to not make a decision. And that's a problem because it is okay if you make the wrong decision. We can always pivot and learn and change and grow from that. Believe me, I made tons of bad decisions but I just kept moving forward. And when I stalled and when I stopped and I wondered and I panicked and I got full of anxiety, I sat in that chaos for too long. Any support you need, any business development, it's all out there, whether it's paid or freed or, or 
or if you want it on podcast or blog, I mean, literally we are in an age where there's so much information there for you. What we help you do at Pet Boss Nation is we are there as your partner. We are really invested in your business as much as you are and that we want you to see success. And so we love to share what are the right choices to make. We love helping our Pet Boss Club members prioritize where they should focus on. I love working one-on-one with our clients to really help them get clear and focused and make progress on what really matters instead of getting bogged down by the fog. If you need help in business, that is what we're here for. I hope that you've enjoyed hearing this story. I tried to jam pack 20 years into about 30 minutes. Hopefully we did that. And hopefully it keeps you intrigued enough to keep listening on to future episodes of the Boss Your Business podcast. I look forward to talking to you again and sharing even more of our story and our journey and learning more about you too. Guys, I'm just so honored that you are tuning into this podcast. And did you know that we've already reached the top 3% of all podcasts across the globe? It's amazing. We're climbing the charts because of our awesome listeners like you. I know there's still pet professionals out there who need to hear all of our doggone good tips shared on this show. Can you help us find them? Now, how you do that is that when you click to follow the podcast or the more you download different episodes, or if you choose to leave us a review, those things will help the podcast get pushed out into the world so that more people who need to hear this will find it. Thanks so much for your support. And until we talk next week, Stay focused, stay motivated, and go boss your business.